This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from clickorlando.com, this is News 6 and this is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. Hey, good looking. Welcome to another edition of <laughs> Florida's Fourth Estate. We're so glad to have you with us this week as we prepare for the vittles. We're getting ready for next week. We've got uh, the turkey is coming. The turkey coma is going to happen. Family is going to drive me crazy. My, I've got about 30 in-laws coming to town. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I'm going to get ready for next week next week. I can't think about next week now. Everybody's thinking about it. Okay. We got Black Friday. We got Thanksgiving. Wow, you really have jumped ahead. Let's slow your roll and let's talk about things that are happening this week. Let's live in the moment. Fine. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Buzzkill. I'm sorry. Did you even introduce yourself? That's sorry. Matt Austin. Hey, my name's Matt. Uh, this is over here, Grumpy Pants. <laughs> Grumpy McGrump face. Well, because we have some stories that are pretty upsetting this week. And so I've been grumpy all week. The first story we want to talk about, and it is really sad and it got our blood boiling. It's a cemetery, a historic cemetery. It's in Volusia County, uh, the Lake Helen area, where you pay a lot of money to mm -hmm. put your family to rest, your family member to rest. And some people like to visit the grave sites. Well, what if you went to a grave site and the person you put there isn't there, or it's not marked properly, or you can't even find it. That seems to have been the problem at this one particular cemetery. There's a niece who went looking for her uncle. So listen to what she had to say. We were looking for my uncle's grave, um, and we could not find it. It just, it, it, it raises so many questions. How many other cemeteries aren't kept up with? Fair question. Yeah, and, and it turns out there are other families who use this particular cemetery who also say they can't find their loved ones. And our reporter who did the story tried to get them to match the records to where the grave sites actually are, and it really didn't match up, or there were no records of who was buried where. And that's upsetting because people like to pay tribute. They leave flowers, they leave mementos, and if you can't find your loved one, it would That's, be weird to think that the headstone that you're visiting and you're talking to and, uh, you know, having that moment is maybe the wrong one. It's, <sighs> but here's the, here's the issue. So this is a really old cemetery. It goes back to the 1800s. They apparently have about three different maps, each one from a different era. They That's don't really match up. There's just a lot of confusion, not only as to who's buried where, but even in some places, who owns which plot. So, like, which families... Yeah get access to the plots in the future. I mean, it, it is a huge mess. They're going to have to bring in some underground yeah. radar and try to figure things out. Because from families here. do like, not do like, but they do buy plots together. And you yeah. want to be married. If a husband dies, he might want to be married next to, buried next to his wife. And 
who knows who's where. I don't want to be buried next to some rando. My wife might prefer that. <laughs> she probably know. does. She says I We've snore. We've talked. She, say, <laughs> she says I snore. <laughs> so this next story is the epitome of why we can't have nice things. <laughs> you took my line. All right. I it is just the way story. it goes. Oh. It's crazy. So for a long time, there's been this Titusville florida shopping center that has this big nice christmas tree they put up every year this year they came out and they said we're not going to do it here's a look at it santa drives in so on a motorcycle nice. this is very titusville-esque bring in <laughs> very santa florida-like on a red motorcycle <laughs> this is the big beautiful tree they have carolers out there it's wonderful they said we're not doing it this year why because people come in every year and destroy this thing. Take a listen. So they would climb through inside the tree. There was trash inside a lot of times. They would break the bulbs. Some of the bulbs were like about this big. I don't understand why people do. I mean, I'm sure it's kids. I hope it's kids. And this area, this particular area we've reported on in the past, how youngsters are kind of going around to people's different Christmas sets. They're stealing their snowmen yeah, and everything we've else. Yeah, seen it before. Now they've ruined Christmas for ruined. everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Because many families, this is their shopping center. This is where they go to take the pictures with Santa, to take a picture in front of the big, beautiful tree. And because of a few bad apples... Now it's gone. Have you done your Christmas Are decorating? Are you asking if... Oh, decorating. Yeah. Have you done your... Not your I've, shopping. Your, your I have wanted the Christmas things dragged from the attic, and it has not happened. You and haven't done it yet? No. Ginger's like a start doing it in June kind of lady. I would do... I would leave it up year-round. I know you would. I had a Christmas tree up when I lived in Tampa, and it was a live Christmas tree, and I kept it on my balcony at the time. I lived on the 32nd floor, and one day I came... It was February... And I came home. My word. <laughs> the branches just gave out. It's <laughs> a fire hazard, young lady. It was outside on the balcony. Anyway. You can't. Yeah, you can't do that. But so, well, Christmas is, it's Macy's Thanksgiving. It's Macy's, not Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it is Macy's department store at my house right now. We've got at oh. least like six Christmas trees up. It well, smells your wife like does Christmas. Themes. She does themes. And I love that. She does. Yeah, it's she's beautiful. Got it. I've been to your house after it's decorated for Christmas and I want to live there. And so you're not allowed to live there. I've got enough <laughs> cranky women in my house right now. Uh, yeah, you heard. You wow. Heard me right. Let's just talk about how I don't we need really to add feel. to that. But I'm just saying like it my it genuinely does bring my like wife and daughter's joy yeah. when they get around the Christmas tree. It gives you that ambiance. So anyway, this shopping center is not going to have it, which is not a big deal. It's a shopping center. They can make their own decisions. Whatever. But it just thinks that people it's a big deal for the families there are just so crappy. And the kids. Yes. That yes. We can't have it. It's terrible. Anyway, Matt has a really bad attitude right now. You know, there's a saying how you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Well, yeah. this next story. I've, I think I've heard of it. <laughs> this, have you not heard of this? Yes, saying? I've heard of it, of course. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you don't hear things, especially when I say them. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> We're going to Brevard County once again, where there is a family. Who live, they now live across the street from a beekeeper. This guy started a business legitimately about a year ago. And coincidentally, that's when this family started having problems. And by problems, I mean the bees are doing what bees do. It, what do bees do, Matt? Roll it. It's the bee poop. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks, but that's what it is. It's yeah, the bee poop. These spots of stuff are all, all from the honeybees, even my umbrella. 
I wash this almost every other day. It's full of that stuff. On That's it. nasty, man. And look at my table. Mm. Has nothing but bee. So the business that he opened is a bee farm. It's a bee farm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got several, you know, thousand, I would, I would imagine, bees. And it's all legitimate. It's zoned for an agricultural thing. Mm -hmm. But he's been there about a year, and this is when the family started having problems. And one woman in particular, she is deathly afraid to even go outside because she's allergic to bee stings, which... God bless her. She's been to the hospital twice since this guy opened his business across the street. And he says they can't prove it's his bees because there are other bee businesses. That's the best in, part. In the best part area. of this whole story, our investigator, Mike DeForest, goes up to this bee farmer and goes, hey, what do you think about all this? How do you know that they are my bees? You don't. How do they know it's my bees? You've got DNA technology on these bees. They're finding dead bees all over the place. There's bee poop but everywhere. I did, I did not know bees did all of that business. I because didn't know now either. I I think back and I think I've probably encountered the yellow stuff that he's talking yeah, about and describing, but not to the level they're seeing it because they live around people who have bee businesses. They have to know that there's nothing he can do to keep these bees on no? his side of the road. They're just gonna Bees don't know boundaries. There. They don't. <laughs> they don't read the signs. They don't mind their own bees wax. <laughs> All right. We're wow. Gonna stop. It really has tanked has out degraded. here. It's, it's gone to the bottom. Thanks for That's right. taking us there. Okay. Straight to the bottom. It's coming up after the break, Ginger. <laughs> if you if you've ever been to Disney and you have loved the Jungle Cruise, we're going to talk to a now UCF professor who played a very big role in coming up with some of that dialogue, and he's going to tell you how he did it. He is a former Imagineer. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic, dare I say, magical edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. Today, you are not going to be disappointed because if you have ever been to Disney, and we all have, most of us anyway, there's something about being there. You see it all. It's all well planned out. You're like, how do they do it every single time? You leave there, you, you feel lifted, you feel happy. Well, today, we are going to introduce you to someone who can take us behind the magic because he was actually there doing it and making it happen yeah he's a former imagineer but now he teaches kids in college about the goings-on and the important things when it comes to the theme park world some of the newest latest and greatest technologies he's going to talk to us about that today i had to take awful classes in college like media <laughs> law and marketing and this guy gets to teach uh, kids about the goings on at the theme parks it's very cool so this is instructor brian college he is with the rosen college of hospitality management at ucf in beautiful orlando florida brian thank you so much for joining us on florida's fourth estate 
Hey, I'm glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's totally our pleasure. So first off, tell us how you got into this, because this is a pretty specific line of work you're in. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, I never would have thought I'd be teaching what I'm teaching now, but it kind of goes back to, like you said, uh, my days as a Walt Disney Imagineer. Um, uh, that's kind of where I began my Disney career a long time ago. Um, and uh, I, I was, uh, th there are lots of different job titles that fall under Imagineers and Imagineering. In my uh, case, my specific focus was as a show writer. And when you're a show writer, you're not writing shows, you're writing for the Disney show as a whole. So I was very lucky to be able to work on some very cool projects like uh, writing uh, uh, very corny puns for the Jungle Cruise. Um, uh, oh, those are good. Those Wait, which yeah. one? Wait, can do you remember which one you actually wrote? Because I'd like to hear that. Um, you don't need to bring any money with you on the Jungle Cruise because there are plenty of banks along the river. Okay. Oh. All right. That's a pretty good dad joke. Okay. All right. Continue. You know, I raised three kids and, and being an Imagineer, a writer for Disney kind of set me up perfectly for that. So you know. tell me how that works, because I know for, say, yeah. for example, comedy writers, when they write for a show, they sit around yeah. a table and they just kind of like spit lines at each other and figure out what works, what doesn't work. How yeah. uh, how did it work for you guys? Were you with a group of people? And then when there was something that hit, you knew it hit? Or if it was a stinker, you knew it was <laughs> a stinker? I, I don't think there's any one way that it happens. Imagineering is based in Glendale, California. That's that's our home base, right? And, and that's where most of the Imagineers work from. I was based here in Orlando, and it was right shortly around the time the Disney, back then Disney MGM, now Disney Hollywood Studios opened up. And um, we had a smaller team here on, on site. The, the guy that hired me, a lot of times, you know, Mike would send me, you know, off to kind of do my thing and write, you know, a little bit. Sometimes we would collaborate back and forth together. I was given a lot of autonomy and, and flexibility. Um, I mean, they're just amazing people, like I said, that that you work with when you're an Imagineer, Imagineer and everyone is like at the top of their game. You know, living here in Central Florida, we meet people more than a handful who say their their dream job is to in some way, how, shape or form work for Disney. And many of them say they want to be an Imagineer. How, when you meet students who tell you that is their goal, that is their end game and that is their big dream do you recognize if they have it in the classroom or how do you lead them toward that or even away from that because everybody isn't cut out for that it's a very common question and the first thing i say is don't think about focusing on being an imagineer what you need to focus on is finding what your passion is finding what you love to do and focus on that and and become happy and, and an expert in in what your passion is and if you can do that then the rest hopefully will take care of itself there are so many ways that you can create a path um, into uh, whether it's imagineering or universal creative or working for legoland um, i mean SeaWorld. Um, i mean there's a whole cottage cottage industry um, especially here in central florida of amazing uh, firms that support the themed entertainment industry that, for example, Imagineers will work with. So they may not necessarily um, design the ride system or a specific projection system or audio system or whatever it may be themselves, 
um, they may work with one of these uh, boutique companies uh, who serve the industry well. And, um, you know, they're great opportunities. Um, I also tell students, you know, do whatever you can to, to be very good at what you do and to differentiate yourself. One of the reasons I think um, I got hired in as, as a writer with Imagineering is because writing was something I always loved to do. It came very easy to me. And I could write anything from like technical writing to poems to dad jokes, uh, you know, <laughs> and narratives, um, everything in between. So, you know, whether you want to be an engineer and design ride systems, if you want to be an artist, um, we have a wonderful master's degree program on our main campus. I'll give them a plug um, where students can get a master's degree in themed entertainment design. You know, so, so find what your passion is and focus on that and then find a way to differentiate yourself from the rest of the field. Um, I, I have a favorite saying for my students. It's that if you do the same thing as everyone else, you're just going to be like everyone else and you don't mm -hmm. want to be like everyone else. Yeah. You do the same thing as everybody else. You'll get the same result as everybody else. Uh, that's for sure. So uh, as somebody who knows a lot about this business and what Disney and Universal and them are all kind of navigating in today's landscape economically, I'm curious, do you feel like the field these kids, I call them kids, 18, 20 year olds are going to be heading into is a safe field? Is it built in? Because that's what I think as I'm kind of trying to guide my kids into their future careers. I want them to go into something that has decades and decades of economic stability. Is this a safe career to go into? I would say 100%. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, and, and this goes back to what, what I was saying before is that like, I've never defined myself by who I work for. I've always define my work by what my skill set is and how I can apply that to who I'm working for. So, you know, especially these days and as the themed entertainment industry and the event industry is evolving, I, you're seeing so many more immersive um, environments being created and immersive experiences being created. Everything from not only in the theme parks, but if you think about like, you know, restaurants, for example, are using projection mapping. Um, if you think about in the medical field, how um, they're doing some tremendous research with VR and, and how that can be used for, let's say, you know, um, older patients who are um, um, suffering from Alzheimer's and things like that, you know, and, and they're finding new uses on how to, again, I keep using that term cross-pollination, um, but how to cross-pollinate um, all of this technology and skill set and all of these skills that we're teaching them here at Rosen are things that they can take with them, um, not only into the themed entertainment business, but so many other ways. And I think the opportunities are just going to be um, expanding and growing, um, especially for, for those people who really can kind of step back and really bring some innovation and thought to how all these different skills and technologies kind of come together. Here's the thing, and just full disclosure, when I first started anchoring, I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, and it was the biggest job at the time I had. And they put out a billboard 
I drove past that billboard a thousand times a day, right? Because it was like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me with my co-anchors, right? Did you, when you were doing the work with Disney, or do you still now visit? And when you hear your work or heard your work, did it give you some sort of excitement? What did you feel? You know, that that is a wonderful question. Um, so here's how I will answer that. When I was doing the work back then, I think I was too young and naive to really kind of appreciate um, the impact that it would have. Uh, certainly when I was a very young Imagineer and first beginning, over time, I, I learned to really kind of appreciate that much more. Now to be teaching the next generation of theme park and experiential designers, um, you know, that's kind of like the legacy I'm leaving now. Brian Collins, <laughs> Rosen College of Hospitality Management at UCF. Thank you so much for what you do as a professor. Keep shaping and guiding those young minds. And we appreciate your time, my yeah. friend. Oh, thank you, man. It's a pleasure. This was fun. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.